Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at how to get started and scale your real estate business regardless of your age. My guest in this episode is David Tupin. David is a co-founder of Obsidian Capital, an Austin, Texas-based real estate investment company. David started investing at the age of 20 in Michigan, where he bought his first property in college, a 12-unit apartment complex using money that he had raised from investors. By the age of 24 years old, David had built a real estate empire with over $40 million in real estate holdings and has raised nearly $10 million in capital. Obsidian Capital has a current pipeline of over $20 million of new development projects and is on track to have over $100 million in holdings in the next 12 months. Obsidian Capital is currently focused on buying existing multifamily properties, growing their development arm, and building their new corporate headquarters in Austin, Texas. I have launched another podcast, by the way, Cashflow Investing Secrets. It's a shorter show, 10 minutes or less, where I share one concept and or idea at a time uh, that I've learned from interviewing over 500 Cashflow Ninjas. You could go to your favorite podcast platform or your favorite video or live streaming platform and just type in Cashflow Investing Secrets and you'll find the show. Other valuable resources I can offer is access to our private Facebook group. You could go to Facebook and search Cashflow Ninja Community to join us and our exclusive investor community. You can email me at info at cashflowninja.com for more information. On October 25th, there's another Learn and Grow event at the historic Renault Winery in southern New Jersey, just outside of Atlantic City. The event is hosted by Josh and Melanie McCallan. And it is a fantastic quarterly event to meet and network with fantastic people, learn from speakers and other attendees, and you get to enjoy amazing food and wine, and wait for it, American champagne. I'm super excited to be involved in this resort rehab project, and I'm attending the event with people from my meetup, investors group, and other Cashflow Ninja listeners, and it would be awesome if you could join us at this event. This is a resort, so if you're traveling there, there is a hotel to stay at on the property, along with the other amenities, uh, such as the spa, restaurants, golf course, wedding venues, and of course, the winery. You can email me at info at for more information. Savvy investors know that in order for the miracle of compounding interest to work, it's magic, you have to be constantly invested in all stages of the economic cycle. So the question then becomes, how do you find solid investments when the stock market is close to all-time highs and everything else just seems so inflated? That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $25 million to mobile home parks, self-storage, and workforce housing due to their ability to perform well during economic recessions. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to asymcapital.com. That's A-S-Y-M capital.com 
to get instant access to their investment offerings. MC Lobsheyure, the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments. To learn how you can create your own banking system to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. David, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, MC? Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, fantastic. Great to connect um, and excited to have, have you on the show. Can you share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I've been in real estate for about three years now, um, 24 years old. I started when I was 20, turning 21 in college, in my last two years of college, and I wanted to get into real estate. I had listened to Bigger Pockets and Cashflow Ninja and all these, you know, uh, platforms I'd read rich dad, poor dad. And I was like, I'm, I'm in, I'm all in on real estate. And, uh, so I started off doing some single family stuff, flipping homes. Uh, it wasn't enough for me. I wanted to go bigger. So I, I bought my first apartment building as 12 units when I was 20. Uh, and then I bought another 12 unit. I raised, you know, I bought these by raising money from investors because I was a broke college kid like everybody else. Yep. And, uh, I just kept growing from there. And three years later, I bought about just under $50 million in multifamily property. I've got a $20 million development pipeline with our company, Obsidian Capital. So, you know, that's the condensed a long story, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's what's been happening. Yeah, definitely want to get into it. So you started with, uh, you, well, you take ac- you took action, right? You studied, you were listening to podcasts, you were uh, meeting with folks, networking and so forth. What yep. and you started flipping houses, and that was kind of the the cash cash generator for you, right? Well, a little bit, yeah. I actually worked for a, a guy locally who was flipping about a hundred houses a year. Okay, and, uh, met with him. I said, "Hey, I want to work for you. I want to learn how to get into the space." And it, that's kind of how I, my intro into real estate. Uh, I, I jumped right into you know buying lots of homes. With, you know, he had the capital. I would find the deals. Uh, he would, you know, we'd buy the homes, foreclosures, we'd go through the flipping process. I did that for about six or seven months. Uh, and then I, I talked to him and I said, Hey, let's, let's stop buying homes and let's buy apartments. And so me and him went on to buy a couple apartment buildings together as partners. Awesome. So yeah. talk, talk to me through the, the, the steps that you took, took to get started. Did you look locally? Like, cause you're in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Did you, uh, which Texas is is, is 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 a great market, obviously, and obviously three years ago too. Did you just look locally? What what was some of the thinking around that? Because um, I think th- this is the the little bit, right? The the little sure. things, the little nuggets. I think that people are looking for because we always see like somebody go from zero to one hundred, but we're sure. like, wait a second, what happened at like step <laughs> five or six or seven, right? How'd you do it? Step one, even yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Um, um, so actually, I, I started in Michigan where I grew up my whole life. I just moved to Austin five, six months ago. So I, I was in Michigan my whole life. And uh, when we started looking at apartments, it was in our backyard within probably 20, 30 minutes of where we were working from. And we started uh, smaller. Um, I, you know, 12 units sounds big to some people, sounds very small to other people, right? So I guess sell yeah. relative, but we, we started looking at anywhere from 12 to 50 unit apartment complexes in our backyard by talking to local brokers 
Um, we would send out mailers. We kind of took some of the systems we used in flipping and wholesaling, like sending out direct mail. And we did that to apartment owners. So we sent out direct mail as well. And my first two deals are both 12 units we found from brokers. They were on market. Uh, and, you know, we just, we underwrote the deals. I, I was pretty good with the numbers. I think that's something, you know, if anyone can take some away from this, it's, it's to learn the numbers and understand how to underwrite uh, financially apartments, you know, the operating expenses, the income, bumping the rents up and what that does to the value of the property, knowing what the net operating income is. Um, and, and, you know, so I, I got pretty good at the financial side of things. We were underwriting a lot of deals, came across two 12 units on the same block from different brokers. Uh, and we ended up buying both of those as kind of the first projects we jumped into. Very nice. So your unique skill or your skill set that you that you learn to 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 create value in this whole process is the underwriting part of it too. Absolutely. Um, what was so your, your partner? What were some of the things that 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 he was doing too? Did you guys purchase this with your own cash? Did you guys have to raise money for this? How did, how did this work? Yeah. So we syndicated the deals um, and we raised money from investors. Uh, so we you know put together. Um, you know, an operating agreement with, uh, you know, not to get too complex, but we did a 506B, Regulation D 506B, which is what the SEC allows us to do, where we can go out and raise money passively from investors um, without calling it a security. And Mm -hmm. uh, and investors come in on it, they put their money in, they're passive, we operate the deal, we manage it, um, we make the decisions on what we're going to do with it. So, and then, you know, the investors for that, they get a return on their investment. They get a, you know, maybe a base rate of return, let's say 8% on your money that you invest. And then when we sell the property uh, and have additional profits, that's split up between the investors and us. It's kind of where our sweat equity comes into play for putting the deal together. And that process is called a syndication. So that's how we purchased and structured those deals. How did you guys learn about syndication? What was what was that process? Is there any any specific actions that you took? Workshops, networks, and so forth. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, this is you know nowadays a lot of people talk about syndication. It's a buzzword. It's it's a hot topic. Oh, I it's it's hot, 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 right? <laughs> Everybody wants to do it, right? Yeah. And so when I, I I started doing this in late 2016, and it was not a hot topic. People were doing it, but you know, there weren't, there weren't necessarily coaches that you could find just by Googling them. And, you know, there weren't videos all over the place, but there were some resources. And, you know, we talked to some attorneys and we just figured, you know, we can't buy all these deals on our own. Um, so we need to raise money. And, and what's the best way to do it? It's by doing a process called a syndication. Um, and so uh, we kind of learned by doing more so uh, than we did from any other resource. And we just dove in head first and, 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 you know, made some mistakes and learned what to do, what not to do, how to raise money. I mean, I was 21, my, you know, my third deal, I was 21 years old and had to raise $1.7 million. Imagine, imagine me as a 21 year old coming to you, uh, or anyone who's listening, if you're 30, 40, 50 years old, and you have a 21 year old coming to you trying to buy a $5 million property and you're trying to, you know, solicit a hundred, 200 grand. Um, it was not easy, but, uh, I learned what to do and what not to do. And I'm happy to share, you know, some of that stuff as well. Please do, because we do have a lot of, uh, younger and millennial cash flow ninjas out there that are just crushing it. And this might be 
uh, something that they that they struggle with, you know, because sure. I could just imagine I, you know, <laughs> connecting with your story. <laughs> a 21 year old shows up at your door. Hey, I need two to three hundred grand. I've got this building I'm buying. It's a great deal. I underwrote it. Right. T- yeah. Tell us, tell us uh, some of the things that 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 worked for you and some of the things that you would advise folks not to do. Yeah. So I can tell you the biggest thing that we did wrong at first, and that was packaging the deal wrong. Um, I essentially, I put together a Dropbox link with the Excel, Excel spreadsheet that I built, which I, I used to analyze these deals. And, uh, you know, so that shows all the numbers. And then I had some photos in there. I had, a, you know, some of the financials for the property and maybe a one page summary, but it was all separate documents in a Dropbox. And people do not want to take the time to go through all that. They, first of all, people, if I sent most of our investors a spreadsheet, they would be kind of confused because a lot of our investors are doctors, dentists, attorneys. They're not real estate people and they're just yep. looking for somewhere to invest passively. They don't, they, they want, they want to hear about the deal, but in reality, they don't know uh, the ins and outs of apartment investing, right? And that's okay. Cause it's our job to educate them, but it's also our job to present the deals in such a way where it's very easy to understand and they can make a quick decision on it. And so what we did at first that had a lot of investors turned off was put the, all this stuff in that Dropbox. Now what we do, uh, you know, with my new business partner uh, down in Texas and what I've been doing is we uh, have uh, an OM, an offering memorandum. And it's basically one PDF document that could be 10 to 12 pages long sometimes shorter, sometimes longer. Uh, and it has all the details, photos, description of exactly what our plans are, our renovation budget, where we're going to bring rents to. And it's just a really easy way for, for them to, you know, for investors to look at the deal and say, hey, am I interested or am I not interested? So that's, I think, rule number one. That's definitely, you know, important is how you package the deal and show it to investors. Um, I, and another tip is not, not begging for money. You, the more, the harder you try and sell someone on it, the less interested they're going to be. Um, and, and, you know, I had to call well over 250 people to end up getting 25 investors. So probably 10% of, of the people that I, we talked to uh, actually invested, right? And I think part of that is not having a track record. Part of that is uh, not presenting the deal right. but halfway through our capital raise, we switched some of those things up, presented it right, uh, and were able to use some of the experience from our first couple deals to get some investors, you know, in on it. And and so that, that helped. Yeah, no, I could, that, that's great advice too, because it could be very confusing and I've, I've get a lot of these packages and sometimes to your point, you know, when it, it's just all over the place and it's like, you almost yeah. want to be like, all right, just bottom line me. Yep, exactly. <laughs> What's the deal? What's bottom the deal? Line. How does it work? How does my capital go to work? What's the team that's involved with it? Who are the other partners? How much of your own money is in there? Yep. You know, what's the financing on it? And then how quickly do I get my money back? And basically what are some of the terms of it? Right. And I think Absolutely. once you've got that stuff in there, it's kind of like, you know, that, 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 that's what a lot of people in my experience are looking for. Obviously there's folks that dive deeper into it, but when you just have that established, then you can share the other stuff and then you can get into the weeds of, you know, uh, the, 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 the deal specifics. So that's fantastic, exactly. fantastic Keep it advice. Keep it simple. 
keep it very, very, very simple. Now, you started with your own network, uh, uh, I'm assuming, too, right? Just from calling people and, and reaching out to folks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we call it a friends and family uh, uh, category of investors. For me, it was less family. It was more friends and network. Uh, but, yeah, those were all people that I'd met just by networking with, you know, dentists, doctors. I would go to RIAs and local real estate meetups. And, and I had several people that were local rental owners and, and house flippers put in fifty dollars to $100,000. Uh, and, 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 you know, you'd be surprised how many people around you really do have fifty, dollars $200,000 sitting around to invest. Um, and, and we actually had a lot of people that invested through IRAs. Um, you can actually roll over money from a 401k or an IRA to a self-directed IRA and invest in these type of deals. We have People do it all the time. I'd say about 25 to 30% of our investors do this. Um, and then we pay our returns and dividends and distributions right back to their IRA um, and, and you know, continues to grow their money just like they would invest in a stock through that. So um, you'd be surprised at how many people have you know, a couple hundred thousand or a couple million sitting in an IRA or 401k and they want to roll some over and diversify out, out of stocks. It's, you know, one of the big things that... Um that I've seen to some of the mistakes is not speaking about that because a lot of, a lot of folks don't even know that they have access to capital. That's one of the yeah. things, right? So for example, if you are a, if you're an investor or you're trying to raise capital for a deal or a business and so forth, just having the conversation about IRAs and self-directed IRAs and having the conversation about insurance, which is obviously what, what we do uh, a big part of, but a lot of folks don't even know that, that, you know, maybe grandpa or grandma put together, you know, a, this policy with that's built up cash value for 20 something plus years. And now sure. has a nice nest egg that's sitting there that you can utilize. They, they might not even know about it they because don't I don't know. think they're, yeah, because they're not educated on it. So exactly. that's a big, big part, uh, I think, of the process. And it seems that, that what you've done really well is educating as well throughout the, the process. Yeah. And, and, and kind of on that same point, you're, you're always one or two steps away or one or two uh, connections away from a million dollar check, I would say. You know, it, you know somebody that knows somebody that can put up a million dollars or you know somebody that knows several people that can collectively do that, right? Or yeah. it's within that first line if you're not work. So um, one thing we always do is I always ask our investors, hey, do you know anyone else who's interested in investing? And getting a warm referral is the best way to get an investor. Uh, our referrals that we get, uh, it's an extremely high rate of investment. Um, I don't know the exact percentage, but uh, most referrals that come to us invest and do so really without much question because you know somebody's told us uh, told them about us you're listening to the cashflow ninja the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today not in 10 20 30 and or 40 years this is the show where cash is not king but cash flow is king we will be right back after a word from our sponsors Kings, queens, and royal families, along with the nobility and ultra-rich, have warehoused and stored their wealth for centuries in gold and silver, art, land, and real estate. These assets have stood the test of time through centuries and have been a great place to preserve and protect their wealth. Like gold, silver, land, and real estate, art has been around for centuries 
and will be around for many, many more centuries. That's why the ultra-rich will continue to invest in art and preserve their wealth in art. While the S&P declined 5.1% in 2018, the art market returned 10.6% and was called the best investment of 2018 by the Wall Street Journal. Masterworks is the first company to allow investors to buy shares of great blue chip art masterpieces by artists like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. You can get set up on their platform at cashflowninja.com forward slash art. Savvy investors know that in order for the miracle of compounding interest to work, it's magic, you have to be constantly invested in all stages of the economic cycle. So the question then becomes, how do you find solid investments when the stock market is close to all-time highs and everything else just seems so inflated? That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $25 million to mobile home parks, self-storage, and workforce housing due to their ability to perform well during economic recessions. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to asymcapital.com. That's A-S-Y-M capital.com to get instant access to their investment offerings. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. That's uh, the easiest way to do it, right? Um, If you produce for folks, they're going to tell other people what you're up to and they, you know, they want to be a part of that as well. from a philosophical approach to it, and maybe more like tactical too, is um, is there a checklist or a framework that you draw on when you make decisions and you analyze deals? Maybe you could share that with us and also what types of properties you guys are buying, what markets and why, if you want to get into that a little bit. Yeah, so I can run you through, I guess, the whole acquisition system we got. Um, I don't, a lot of people like hearing about that. So uh, we look for right now, our main criteria is a hundred plus units, uh, apartment complexes. We like B and C areas. Uh, you know, we like B and C properties so that we can add value to that we can come in and renovate. We don't buy anything turnkey. So our, our prime property would be, let's say buying a 150 unit, uh, 80s built property in a B area in C condition. So it's something that we can go in and renovate uh, uh, the exterior to make it look nice. We can renovate the units. The rents are most likely below market. Uh, and then when we renovate, we can get a you know, 100 to $200 rent increase on those units, in- increase the value, and then you know, hold it or sell it. Um, and we look mainly in Texas primary markets. So you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio, Houston. Uh, I also own uh, around Atlanta. Uh, I've bought in Michigan. I like Charlotte, North Carolina, um, you know, high growth markets, but Texas is our primary focus. So Texas at the moment, what's going on in that market? Because I, I always like every market is different. And obviously your focus is there. What are you seeing? What are some of the changes happening? Obviously, from a 30,000 foot view, we know there's a lot of migration into Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's going on there? I mean, a, t- uh, a ton of obviously population growth through all the major cities. And, and I think that's driven a lot by job growth. Um, I know, uh, you know, at least 
uh, one major uh, factor is, you know, California. Uh, a lot of residents are leaving California and coming to cities like Austin and Dallas. And a lot of California companies are leaving and coming to Austin and Dallas, uh, especially. And I think that's, you know, because of tighter regulations, uh, higher costs in California. And so that's driving them to, to our markets and bringing in, you know, lots and lots of jobs. Um, and, and that's that's happening in a lot of places around the country. For, for some reason, Texas is just a really, uh, it's a really business friendly state. Um, there's no state income taxes. Uh, it's, it's, it's a state that a lot of businesses want to be in. So job growth is here. And that obviously brings further population growth, rent increases, uh, all that stuff. Yeah, a lot of, lot of good stuff there. So um, what are you studying right now um, in, your, yeah, in your markets? And then obviously, just from a pr- professional development and growth standpoint, because one of the habits that I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying and that, that they're always learning. Sure. So I've always found, you know, when I started, I think my first year I read like 40, 50 some books. Come to year three, almost going to year four now for me. Um, I read a lot less books and I focus a lot more on uh, networking and, and really sitting down and building relationships with uh, uh, very successful people. So uh, I like spending my time. So for example, we're, we have a, a development pipeline of about $20 million in new developments that we're doing, which is new to us. We've got two projects going on, some uh, commercial and multifamily. Um, and you know, right now, my goal is to sit down with as many experienced developers as I can and pick their brain and learn from them. Um, you know, because I think the best way you learn is, is first of all from experience, but second of all from people who have done exactly what you're trying to do. And so I'm trying to surround myself with developers and, and you know, people in the construction business that have done it and that really know uh, the ins and outs. I could just get a couple of tips from them. Um, you know, that would, that would help save us a lot of time and money and mistakes. Yeah. So you touched on a, a point there. So the role of mentorship, and obviously you're looking for a lot of them right now. Um, has there anyone been in specific um, that, that you've been studying? Uh, and maybe you could speak to the role of mentors in your, in your journey so far. Yeah. Yeah. One of my, I mean, my, my current business partner is, is a great mentor of mine. Um, you know, he's, he's twice my age and has owned about 5,000 apartments. And, uh, you know, he wanted to partner with me because he wanted to bring someone young into the business that can eventually kind of take over and run it. And I'm a little bit of his retirement plan, but I learned a lot from him. He, he gives us the ability to get, uh, you know, larger loans and he brings the liquidity to the table to be able to, you know, take down these big Fannie Freddie loans that we use on apartment buildings. Um, and so he's, he's certainly a mentor of mine. Um, one of my first mentors uh, was, is a guy who I bought my third apartment complex from. It was a 96 unit building. And I sent, I was 21 years old. I sent him a mailer saying, I want to buy your apartment complex here in Michigan. And he calls me from his penthouse in Miami. And the more and more I learn about him, the guy owns over a billion dollars in real estate, uh, mostly on his own. He's, uh, he's 71 years old. And um, we build a little bit of a relationship and he just likes me. And he says, you know, I, I wanted to buy his property. And he says, well, you know, I'm going to give you a shot. Cause you remind me of me when I was your age. And he gave me a shot. Uh, I learned a lot from him, uh, along the way, you know, 
as a seller, it's, it's a lot of times it's kind of buyer versus seller. Yeah. The way I, the, and you probably, you know, you notice that that's just kind of how it is in this industry. You're, you always have negotiation going on and stuff behind the scenes you're trying to hold from each other. And the way I approached buying, approached buying that deal was like, let's work together as a team. Like I want to learn from you as I buy this. He knew I didn't, I wasn't very experienced. I, I told him, listen, I only bought 24 units up to this point. Um, but you give me a shot and I'm going to, I'm going to buy this complex from you. I'm going to make it happen. And so I, I kind of approached it from a standpoint of sometimes things went wrong during the transaction. I'd actually call the seller and ask him for his advice on what I should do. And it was really weird. And, you know, it, I don't think a lot of people would do that, but it ended up working out. And there was a time when I needed an extension and he gave it to me because I was just open and honest with him and he appreciated that. Um, and so he became a really good mentor uh, to me. Um, and, and, you know, I've had several others along the way and, and you just take away little things that, um, you know, that really can impact and change your life. Yeah. So the importance yeah. of mentors is, is huge. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. So you've got a lot of stuff that's going very well for you in business and in life. What is, what are the, what is the stuff that's working right now and why does it work? Um, hustle. Hustle is the day. I mean, that is the most important thing that I can just say to any of your listeners. Uh, it is, this has not come without hard work and significant sacrifice. You know, I, I remember my first two, my first two years, I don't think I even picked up my head without working 80 hours a week, every single week, nonstop. Uh, literally just looking at deals, learning how to analyze them. I wanted to master this business and I put in the time and the hours, and I still do, um, to, to really be the best version I can be and to understand and know the most I can. Because when it comes down to it, buying a deal, uh, I, I know all these little nuances now. And just knowing one little thing might be the difference between me winning the bid on a deal and knowing where I can add a little extra value than the next guy on a property, right? So I think it's, I think it's about hustle you know, hustling in your education and in, in, in how many deals you look at. We look at, uh, this year we've looked at over 450 deals. We've analyzed about 175 and we've bought three. So we look because everything's overpriced here in Texas. So we yeah. look at, so I've had to change from, you know, being you know, more at small scale to how do we, how do I build a team and a system around looking at so many deals uh, where we can find the good ones because it's just a numbers game. Um, and so, you know, I think if there's one thing, I mean, it's, it's hustle. Yeah, no, absolutely. That you make a great point. So it's very, very overpriced right now. Um, yeah. and if we look at it at economic cycles and asset cycles, you know, there's, we're obviously in a good place right now. It's not always going to be like that. What are you doing as far as preparing and underwriting um, to stress test kind of your underwriting requirements and your deals that if there's a downturn or a recession and so forth, that these assets still uh, deliver for you guys? Yeah. So I guess the cool thing about apartments, right, is they're pretty resilient to, to many market changes. And, um, you know, the people that the people that didn't do well in multifamily last time are the people that overpaid. So obviously, and then the people that mismanaged as well. Uh, so I think the first, the first thing for us, obviously, is make sure we have good management um, being covered, good asset management that we're overseeing the property management companies uh, very well also. Um, but in the underwriting, 
you know, I think it's important. It's important to to stress test the deals uh, to understand that you're in a good market. You're in a solid market where there's high demand and growth. Uh, because if you're in a market where it's fairly stagnant or there's uh, somewhat of a decline, you're in a tertiary market. Let's say, for example, um, you know, it, it, the market changing can easily affect your deal in a large way. If you're in a market where there's really high growth and the economy takes a dip. Um, you know, it, it might become stagnant, but at least it's not going from stagnant to negative. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, and, and then I think that's important. So location of where you're at and the d- demand for apartments, um, on the other side, how do you stress test the actual numbers? Um, I, I will do something, uh, where I, I look at in this, let's say in Dallas, for example, um, where did the average occupancies dip to during the last 2007 to 09 recession? Um, because that was one of the worst real estate recessions in the past 50 years, right? So yeah. where did occupancy dip to on average? Uh, let's say it went from 94% to 87%. Um, so I'll stress test our deals at 87% because the odds are that, you know, another recession we have wouldn't be worse than that. Uh, and But we also, on top of that, we'll stress test where rents on average went to. So, you know, we'll add both of those in. And if we're still covering debt, uh, I feel pretty safe on a deal um, because we add in on top of that, that our goal is to improve and and bring rents up even further. Uh, that gives us a pretty good cushion. And that's why we don't buy turnkey because, you know, turnkey deals don't leave you a lot of uh, margin for error. Mm-hmm. Um, we're taking a property that makes 800,000, uh, you know, our debt services 250,000 and we bring the income up to a million. We got an extra, Two hundred thousand dollar pad or so. If if we buy that property, we can't bring that and come up another two hundred thousand dollars. We don't really have a pad, an extra pad in there. So um, I think all those factors are really important to look at. Absolutely. Now, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Yeah, principle number one and the one that's most important to me and and my business partner, and it's, I think, the reason why we're business partners is doing the right thing is always the right thing. Um, We we stand by and are rock solid in our values and our uh, integrity. And, and that is really important to us, um, you know, protecting our investors' money uh, as if it's our own, um, you know, making decisions, uh, making decisions, knowing that doing the right thing is always the right thing. It always, it always circles back around to us. And I think it leaves us in a better position too. Um, you know, there are always times in business where you can do things that are in the gray area or a little bit shady. And you may think in the short, in, you know, that it's going to make you more money. Uh, I've found that it's never worth it. Uh, you know, part of the reasons why I've gone in and out of a couple of partnerships where, you know, people like that. And I, I, I've learned that it's, it's a short-term mindset and a short-term model. Uh, and so doing the right thing is always the right thing will allow you to last long-term in business, in my opinion. That's the first one. You wanted a couple from me? I, I yeah, th- a uh, three. You want three? Um, so one thing, one of my uh, mentors that I have right now is in, um, very wealthy, successful guy, and he's investing quite a bit in the apartments with us. Um, and I just pull little phrases away from people like that and mentors. And, and one thing he's told me that's helped him in his business, which is distribution companies, is manage your pennies and your dollars will take care of themselves. So 
Um, I think that's really important in uh, property management, in construction, in new development, in renovating. Uh, manage your, your pennies and your bottom line will take care of itself. Uh, you know, pay attention to the little things, be de- detail oriented, uh, and everything should really fall into place. And I've noticed that helps a ton. Um, and, and the last thing right now, you know, when, when we're in a market that is uh, seemingly as, as, as high as it can go, and we've been proven wrong the past couple of years because it's only gone higher and higher, um, cap rates are, are extremely low. Uh, uh, interest rates are about as low as they've been. Um, you know, when we're at a place where things are this good, the odds are that, you know, they can only go down. I'm just talking odds. So I think it's important to be very conservative in a time like this and understand that, yeah, everything's good. Everything's rosy. People have gotten lucky. You hear stories of people buying stuff for, you know, very low and and now they're selling it for extremely high prices. Um, That doesn't mean that it's going to do the same thing in the next 10 years that's happened in the last 10 years. And so uh, one of our philosophies is just be conservative because I'd rather take five wins and zero losses than 10 wins and two losses. So uh, being, being conservative in real estate and, and knowing the numbers is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. David, where can my listeners learn more about you, your company, and where can they follow you and where can they stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? Yeah, check me out on Instagram. Uh, that's one of my favorite platforms to share knowledge uh, at Real Estate Jedi or you just look up David Tupin. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, and, and you can also check out our website, uh, it's obsidiancapitalco.com, uh, obsidian, like the rock, it's spelled O-B-S-I-D-I-A-N, capitalco.com. Fantastic. Love the real estate Jedi, by the way. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> a um, yeah, this has been a blast. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show and connecting and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. And you're definitely an inspiration for all of the young folks out there getting started in the business because, uh, you know, you're just a, a prime example of what can be accomplished in as little as uh, three years. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. And I mean, if there's anything I can leave with your listeners, if it, if I can do it at my age and with the, the hurdle I had to, you know, overcome being this young, uh, I think anyone can really do it. So, um, yeah, definitely happy to help out and thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.
presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.